Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, back here on Wednesday, the October 7th, 2020, Charlotte, North Carolina, as always. Um, today, we're going to be going over the fight card that's coming up this weekend. You have Corey Sandhagen taking on Marlon Marais in the main event in Yaz Island. And then the co-main event, you have... Da, 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 da. Edson Barbosa versus Makwan Amerikani. A uh, great fight in the featherweight division. So we'll go over those. I'll break them down a little bit more. As far as... I would break down the other ones, but I don't really know... For example, like Tom Aspinall, his opponent came in late replacement, and there's not really much on him. Uh, same thing with the rest of these guys. There's there's not really much on them, but there's enough to talk about with Edson, Maquan, Corey, Marlon, even Ben Rothwell and Marcin Tarbura are on the card, so there's a lot to talk about with those guys. And we'll break all that down, and we'll go over the news that's been going on, especially just entertaining-wise. Um, not a lot of, like, technical news as far as fight announcements but as far as just funny things and things happening or bound to happen um there's a lot there's a lot of it so why don't we go over uh some of that so right now i'm on mma fighting and i'm gonna go over some of oh before we even get started remember sunscrapnation.com uh we have a new website it's gonna be awesome as soon as you get on there uh the the podcast starts playing for you. Brand new episode. Right right off the get. You can just go to the website. We're going to have... It's not up yet. It will be. Um, it'll have an own page. or It'll have a membership page where you can pay. It'll be a paywall, and there's going to be videos behind that. There's going to be personal training. It's all going to be one page, mobile-friendly. It'll have some of my pictures, because a lot of the stuff that's on my on the website right now is like not me. <laughs> so it's going to have a lot of more of my pictures and all that kind of stuff. And then eventually when the gym opens up here in Charlotte, if you are around, there'll be a Zen planner kind of page and you'll be able to book time to come and train, book the gym for yourself. If you'd like to come in, you know, if you want to come train for 30 minutes to an hour and you don't really want to go to a planet fitness or something for the time being, it'll mostly be a martial arts gym, but so if you have a coach, this is for fighters out there. If you have a coach and you just want a place to come and hit pads, more than welcome. I'll have um, pad. I'll have mats and stuff down. Eventually, I'm going to get weights. Uh, I'll eventually have, and if it's successful enough, I'll move and open up space next door, and that'll be completely for weightlifting because that'll be the garage. And then I'll just have the mat space. But for right now, uh, if you'd like, and once everything gets going – and you need a place to hit pads. If you need someone to hit pads, I'm there. You can book time with me. Eventually, I'll do classes. And, yeah, that's exciting. Sun Scrap Martial Arts Academy about to happen. Put it on a T-shirt, on a jersey, some shorts. We'll make it happen. We'll have a fight team. It'll be great. We'll, if, you're, if you'd like to join me on this journey, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. Listen, it's going to be a lot of trial and error, um, but as if you trust me the way that you trust me with breaking down fights, the way that you trust me with 
knowing my shit about this sport, guarantee my coaching is what you want. Because you can ask, I'm coaching my buddy at the end of the month uh, in a Muay Thai fight. I love this shit. I don't just sit here and watch it. I go out and do it. That makes a big difference. I was actually just watching a video, and it was like, it's a video on, like, fighters that paid the price for switching their style, right? And then they go into the Khabib versus Connor fight. Connor didn't switch his style for that fight. All that happened, and they wanted to say the first initial takedown where Khabib gets in on the single, Connor uses a different defense. And it, it requires him to pressure back. Because every time someone goes for a takedown in Khabib, they try to run away. That's what he's that's what he's bait that's what he's trying to bait the person to doing. So they run away, they ca- they cut themselves off on the on the cage and then he can go for another takedown. So he's he took him down open space. That's the best place you can get Khabib. Now Connor even thought further ahead. Instead of trying to just pull away and then put your back against the cage, why don't I pressure forward and do the other type of single leg defense? where it kind of gives you the back if you do it correctly. Obviously, Khabib is way more knowledgeable in that area, but it's just something different. And there was that moment. Oh, Connor's doing something different. That's great. That's something that we haven't seen before. Does that mean he abandoned his striking? No. Okay, so he didn't run away and try to disengage. That's Khabib's game. If you try to disengage, you're going to give him your back. You have to meet the bull with the horns. It's not, it's a way to disengage. You're pressuring forward to get out, but you're not just backing out and playing defense. If, if Connor just stuffed the takedown and then tried to run away, he'd then be on the back foot trying to defend the next takedown, trying to defend. So there would be never, there would never be a moment where Connor could breathe and try to compose himself in order to get himself out of bad situation. Going forward, putting Khabib on the back foot making Khabib have to make the next decision, at least gives Connor a little bit of a chance to breathe and see, uh, where do I go from here? Obviously, it didn't pan out, yada, yada, yada. But that just comes with experience on the ground because Connor tried to do that, and then Khabib's like, well, I know the counter to this. But once again, experience, it, it, I mean, I can go all day over about how Khabib is just a master. But my point is this. I can see that. Right, but I'm not gonna, and I can break it down for you. I'm pretty articulate. Um, but overall, that's what I'm trying to say. If I can break that down and not, you know, say it on TV and then try to convince a bunch of casual fans that that's what happened, and tell you what really happened, uh, my coaching is the same way. It's no bullshit. It's not this, you know, dumb way of looking at things. It is what it is, right? Okay. So, sunscrapnation.com. But anyway, the news. Jeremy Stevens versus Arnold Allen, actually, and then it works for UFC event on November 7th. I like that fight. Um, Jeremy Stevens had a hard time with Calvin Cater as far as a straight boxing match goes. He had some success early on. Arnold Allen has very crisp boxing. But 
I don't know. I think it's more of a... I think you could probably favor Jeremy Stevens in that fight, where in the other fight, I favored Calvin Cater going into it. All right, let's look at this morning report. Scott Coker and Michael Chandler. Signing with the UFC, he's a guy I'm always going to support. I mean, yeah, Bellator for the past 10 years. I don't think there's any animosity that Michael Chandler went over the UFC. It's 10 years coming, right? We all believe this. Now, is it weird that he's going to come into the UFC as a backup to a title fight? I think that's very weird. Why not just book him on the same card? Uh, 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 uh. Eugene Berriman echoes Israel Adesanya's call for harsher weight miss penalties. What's going on is criminal. So, to to break it down for people, what is happening with the with weight, missing weight. When you miss weight, you give away 30% of your purse. Now, there are some fighters out there, especially the high level, especially at like, it didn't happen in Israel's fight, but at Israel's level, let's say you make six figures per fight and then you have a bunch of sponsorships and stuff like that and they have a bunch of other things going on in their life where they make, they make money. They're not, they're not counting on that 30% win or lose. So when they cut weight and then they realize they're not going to make it and they go 30%, whatever, and they take the penalty, they get to go in, miss the weight, and then they miss it drastically. They don't miss it by like 0.2 of a pound. No, they have their breakfast that morning and then they go in three pounds, four pounds over, and then they have a significant advantage going into the fight. Because they haven't done what they haven't diminished themselves the same way as their opponent has, and they don't have to worry about that that high dehydration unless they're unless they're just like not making that one pound. But even then, if you're not making that one pound as a coach, if I'm trying to play the system, not to get political, but the way that Trump played the system with his taxes, like I'm going to tell you, listen, if we're not getting this pound off, fuck it, take the thirty percent because you're going to have it taken away anyways, go for it. I'm not saying it's not impossible to make weight. And I'm not saying that, oh, that's the loser way to go about it. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if you are not making that pound and you're about to fight and uh, it's like, or you're about to have to step on the scale and it's like the... It's like the day before weigh-ins. It's like the end of the night, early next morning, day of weigh-ins, and that and there's a pound left, and it's not going anywhere. Or, dude, it, fuck it, because the minute up into the minute of trying to weigh in, if that pound's not going away, because of something that you did during camp, or because of something that you some discipline thing that we can address after this this whole problem happens or this whole you know obstacle of having to just drop this one pound if it's not going away fuck it it's 30 percent of your purse i get it make it up by winning and getting the fight and getting the win yeah i think it's criminal i think you need harsher punishments but if you have a harsher punishment i guess that just 
I guess that just like encourages and forces people to have better proper planning. And that's exactly what you want. You want the seven Ps. You want prior proper planning. Prevents piss poor performance. Uh Genius. Till offers up his service. Oh, I want to talk about this. Till offers up his services to corner Mike Perry against Robbie Lawler. Perry responds. I love it. I love this. I love it. There's so many memes. It's absolutely awesome. I I hope it happens. I think he offered five thousand dollars. And I think it's happening. I'm pretty sure it's happening. Listen, they haven't been friendly to each other. I mean, for God's sakes, Darren Till made a whole apparel company uh, based off of one of the insults that Darren Till threw Mike Perry his way. Dude, listen, I'm a huge Darren Till fan and Mike Perry fan, but for different reasons, right? You can like people for different reasons, and then you can like dislike things about people for different reasons. But the reason why I like Darren Till throughout this is because he's just trying to have fun in a world where it's constantly animosity towards each other. He's trying to have fun. He's talking shit, but it's like the way you do to like your friends. Now, Mike Perry might be a little bit sensitive towards it. And that's however you want to take it, especially through social media can come off a little bit differently, but they've never been, you know, they've wanted to fight each other. But I think this is one of those moments where Darren Till and Mike Perry can kind of make up or kind of have this, you know, competitive relationship where they do fight. They end up do fighting each other, you know, um, in the future. But, like, it's for fun. Um, so then Darren Till offers 5,000. I think they accepted it. And then Darren Till goes, now that I'm in platinum Perry's corner, how much will someone pay me to throw in the towel? That's awesome. And then Perry shows a picture of him getting knocked out by Masvidal. Throw in the towel? Ah, too late. (laughs) And then Darren Till put the, the meme where it's the hashtag raw dog thing. And he's like, you probably right. I won't have time to throw in the towel. <laughs> uh, and it's just this great, okay, Latori, Darren, how am I looking? You guys listening? How am I doing? And then they're not there. Raw dog. Um, I think it's hilarious. I think, I, think it, I think it's awesome that it's happening. It gives you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain because if they obviously really hated each other, this wouldn't be happening. He wouldn't let him in this corner. But... I think, it's, I think it's nice. Leon Edwards calls out Gilbert Burns for number one contender spot. Now the title bout is delayed. The title between Gilbert Burns and Usman is delayed. It, they didn't make it, so it's not happening in December. I think Leon Edwards needs to fight somebody, and all this, it's not happening. It's happening. It's not happening. It's happening. Colby versus Jorge. And it's like, why are you guys not? Leon deserves a fight either for a number one contender, for the title, for something. But to just keep on ignoring him and then tossing, tossing these other people to fight each other and constantly t- throwing their names around, it's like, well, they, 
it's what have you done for me lately kind of sport. Okay, but Leon's trying to be like that guy. The UFC's not letting him. They're not giving him a fight. And if they are giving him a fight and he's... Listen, I'm not always right, but if they're not if they're giving him fights and he's, you know, um, turning them down, that's a different story. I don't know about that. I'm not in his management team. However, if people are giving, like Leon Edwards versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, perfect fight. Why isn't it happening? I don't know who's turning what down, whoever's turning what down, but. If it's the other side, it's not his fault. So force a fight. Force him versus Colby or whoever. I don't care. And then one announces four world title fights for October 30th show. Ben Askren has me thinking why did no one smarter than Mike Perry figure out how to sell experience of being their corner for money before it's genius it's true it's just like for example being a coach it's like I would I would offer money to quarter Mike Perry if I had that kind of cash like sure then I can say a corner UFC fighter. You're especially on a main card. Like there are coaches out there that would that would literally pay money to be on the main card coaching. Uh, it's, I mean, if you don't need cornermen, so one. Okay, so you want to see why I don't like Darren Till? Fuck Darren Till for taking this opportunity away from us because Mike Perry might make a decision after this fight. Hey, you know what? I'm going to keep Cornerman because it's a little bit more professional. And then we never get the opportunity again. And how many Mike Perry or Perrys are out there at the UFC level that are like, you know, offering that opportunity? No one. Oh, well. Okay, so here we go. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards, you've been out over a year. If I'm on my way down, then I should be a nice tune-up fight to get the help to pe- uh, to help to f- to nice tune-up fight to get people to remember your name again. Trying to help, just trying to help. Ring Ross. Leon Edwards not interested in Wonderboy fight. That's weird. I know you didn't write this tweet, so I'll forgive you this time. I didn't get. Right. Ring rust. I'm a championship fighter that stays in the jib. You was knocked out cold by cold one fight ago by a lightweight. I guess. Steamwood Thompson. I made to be doing this, but it's definitely me. My tweet game is better than I. Uh, better than I though. Okay. Well, I guess the gym is where you'll be staying. Like you said, nobody wants to fight you except me. Maybe we'll see you in 2021. Damn. Steven, I respect you as a fighter, but you are 2-3 and three in your last five. 
in the politest way, just fuck off and fight Chimaev. Good luck. Damn. Never mind. You got it. Well, never mind. Yes and no. I don't know who else you'd want to fight. I guess Ponzinibbio? <laughs> He's the only one that doesn't have a losing record right now. Let's see. Who's in the welterweight UFC rankings? Uh, Cowboy Oliveira was like, I'll fight Shimiev. And if you know me, that's a good fight because if betting-wise, if you want to put money on someone, that's the underdog to put your money on. Just saying. Okay, Leon Edwards, number three. Jorge Masvidal, they want to do Colby Covington. Gilbert Burns, they want to do against Usman. Then it's Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Damian Maya. Tyron Woodley. Dude, Steven Wonderboy Thompson is your best, your best bet. Unless you want to give Jeff Neal a chance. Uh, all right. What else? That was that. Um, all right. Let's go to MMA Junkie. Let's see if they spell things right today. Mike Perry, Corman, sweeps are getting out of hand. Uh, is now the time for John Jones versus Israel Adesanya? Yes. So I was talking all that shit about Israel and Chris Weidman. Switch it. Let's do Israel and John. Fuck it. Why not? I mean, John's not getting any younger. It's the time to do it. It's the best chance that John's still going to be the favorite in it. Israel is faster than John. I don't know. I... I mean, if you if anything, the Thiago Santos fight is the fight that you wanna you wanna look at, right? Thiago Santos exceptionally good at Muay Thai for MMA, but then you have Israel, who's like the next level of that. And if John had a very difficult, if John had a hard time with Thiago, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say that Israel couldn't knock him out. It's just the, what's the, the X factor is the wrestling. It's the, it's the ability to hold Izzy down. However, and choke him. However, John's takedown and takedowns have, they haven't been, they haven't been good since, fuck man, when was when was the last time he, like, actually took someone down? Oh, the Gus fight. The second time. After that, he hasn't taken anyone down and held them down for an extended period of time or caused a lot of damage on the ground like he used to. It's not the same John. That's not the same fighters either. The game's evolved. People aren't just... You know, Izzy doesn't... He doesn't let you just hold him down. And he doesn't let his back get to the. He doesn't let his back go to the cage. I mean, I think it's. I think it's a good fight. Do it now. It's the best opportunity that John. You know, has for the moment. Then you know, from there, 
he gets older. All right. Um, BJPen.com. Aljamain Sterling staying ready in hopes of December of title fight with Yawn. Maybe. Never mind. Alex Oliveira is taking on Shak- Shavakat Rachmanov. Not the Russian he wants to take on. All right. That's good enough for me. I didn't really offer anything. All right. Let's go over the fights. So it is. Let me see. It's 24 minutes in. Okay. So tonight or this weekend on Saturday, we've got a main event in the Bantamweight division at 8 p.m. Early fight night. Yay. Oh, yeah. This is great. ESPN Plus. So, why don't I go ahead and just break down the main event? And then I'll give the odds about the other ones. And da, da, da. All right, so Marlon Marais versus Corey Sanhagen. I watched back a couple of their fights. And uh, I guess the reason why they, they put that Yuri Alcantara fight on the UFC free fight one. Corey and Marlon have two different ways of dealing with adversity in the cage. Marlon tends to slow down, and then, you know, the fighters tend to end up being able to dominate in the later rounds. Corey, first round of the Alcantara fight, rocked, hurt, you know, all sorts of danger on the ground, gets put into a triangle that we're actually working in jiu-jitsu right now that's It's actually kind of funny how those uh, that they put it up there, and that's literally what we're working on right now. But anyway, he gets put into this bad position, back triangle, arm bar, arm fully extended. He's hipping in, I don't know, I guess Corey's very, very flexible. I guess that might be the case. And he's fighting. He's getting hammer-fisted, bloodied up. Just, And you can see Yuri's doing his best to try to finish him. I mean, he has him in the most compromised position that you could possibly be in. Getting hammer-fisted, arm extended, threatening to get choked. The only thing missing is, like, a knee bar or a heel hook in there. And you've got the whole fucking pentagram of being able... A pentagram of pain, pretty much. So... He somehow just withstands it. Listen, I've been... We've been working this position... And I was working with my buddy, and we were talking about there's like setting it up. There's like a li- there's like this second. There's this like split second where you can get out. You can make the right adjustment and get out. Well, let's say Corey was past that split second. He was stuck. He literally just through sheer will and mental fortitude. Climbed through the adversity, got up, 
got his arm out. I mean, just the way that you do. I mean, it, so Yuri started to threaten the arm bar more. So then the defense to an arm bar is going parallel with the person. Then you can't really get the hips involved. So either parallel all the way straight where your feet are going the same way or parallel where you're 69ing essentially. Um, so then when he got his arm out, he gets up on top and he just starts putting the feet down. Almost, if you wanted to draw a parallel, to Marlon Marais versus Henry Cejudo. Marlon Marais, switch kick Henry Cejudo, beating him with this power for fucking the whole first round. Really making it a miserable experience. Second round, second round he's coming out, same thing. He's putting the work in. Then all of a sudden, Henry Cejudo goes, I gotta make an adjustment. Instead of being out here in kicking range and trying to kick my way in, I'm just going to say fuck it and throw punches as I walk forward and duck my head, and maybe I get a headbutt. Maybe I don't. Whatever. It's not my job to be it, – it, my head's moving. Like, it's not my problem. Gets in the clinch, starts dirty boxing Marlon, starts weighing on him, and then eventually takes him down and just – he takes the sails out of him. I think that was towards the end of the second round. He just starts to wear him out. Kind of like if I could do a if I could do like a transitional screen to now Corey Sanhagen on top of Yuri Alcantara punching me in the face for the rest of the round. Second round comes out, Yuri comes all crazy trying to finish the fight, and then Corey's nice slick, you know he's five eleven slick jabs and distance control put him like sit him down, and then he kind of just. Being out of sorts, being beat up, um, falls, and then Corey uh, just TKOs him. Right. Turtle position. Big shots. Looks at the ref. Come on, man. Stop it. And then he stops the fight. Marlins wins come in the very first round. He's a coiled fucking machine. Uh, the, the, the John Dodson fight. He won a decision, but barely. Yeah, barely won a decision. Marlon comes back, knocks out Aljamain Sterling, first round, switch kick. Uh, Jim Rivera, same thing, switch kick. And then Rafael Suns out. He, I mean, I, that's the fight I watched today was the second time he fought a Suns out. Man. He throws a combination, and then a Sun Tzu, you could see it for a second. He gets hooked. He's like a deer in the headlights. He throws like a hook uppercut, and a Sun Tzu, like deer in the headlights for a second. And that's when Marlon Marais, like a fucking coil, springs open and throws one nasty right hand, just a right haymaker, drops a Sun Tzu to one knee, and then throws another one. And makes him collapse over that leg, just like he got knocked out. And then gets on top, and then uses the guillotine because he's so disoriented and out of sights. Marlon, unless he addressed the cardio and getting the pace pushed on him, his one chance is in the first round. Head kick the way he did Aljamain Sterling. The problem is Corey isn't going to engage in the takedowns. 
And the only time Marlon really goes for a submission or anything like that is when he's already there, when he has the person hurt. He's not a wrestler. He's not – if he's having trouble, he'll go for a takedown. But he's a striker. He's one of those guys that he can go out there and he can, you know, put you down with one shot. So in this fight, it's up to Marlon to be the one to to go out there first round and first two, hopefully you have enough in the gas tank for that, and put Corey Sanhagen away. And he's coming off a win to Jose Aldo, so he's not, you know, he's not, he still has one win, even though everyone says, I'm just reading here, Marlon Marais says that Corey Sanhagen's a better version of Dominic Cruz. I mean, I think they're different fighters, but sure. Footwork-wise, he and height-wise, yes, he's a tall, lanky, fancy footwork striker. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, he's it's going to be up to him to go out there, all Joe style, knock him out. I don't know if it's going to happen because. It would have to be – it's going to be really hard to just switch kick Corey Sandhagen. He's pretty tall, and he's pretty good with his reaction and distance management. So I think this is going to be a, a fight of either Corey gets hit with some adversity in the first round or a decision win because Corey Sandhagen kind of went out there and and implemented his game plan on Rafael Sunsell. He also comes from a great camp, Team Elevation in Colorado. So as far as as far as conditioning goes, we know Marais doesn't have the best conditioning. And I think Corey's going to be able to I mean that's those are one of the absolutes in MMA and fighting in general. It's like if you have better cardio, you have a stronger chance of winning because there's a there's a point in the fight where you can take somebody and if you just have to wait, if you just have to outwork their power shots and make them throw and miss, obviously there's a little bit of danger there. But it's easier, dan- dam- uh, it's easier danger to manage if you have the conditioning for it. And Corey does. So I think those body shots, that lap- left hook to the body is going to be nice. He just can't, you know, get complacent. Um, the leg kicks... But as far as the Dominic Cruz thing, uh, no, he's not. His footwork isn't the same thing. It's not. It's more Muay Thai. Yeah, he's a little bit fancy and he can throw from both sides. But it's not like he's he's not going for takedowns and doing the shifting that Dom does. Dom's footwork is very. There's intention behind it, and there's a reason why he does it. Corey does it because. It's who he is. Um, all right. So let's go and see what the odds are. Corey is the favorite, even after a loss, which makes a little bit of sense. So I would bet money on him, but Marlon's got that knockout power. Um, ooh. Ooh, Omar Morales is the favorite in that one. Okay. Okay. Wait, Thomas Almeida's fighting? He's back in the UFC? 
Yeah, he's not fighting this weekend. Um, shout out to Impa. Uh, Jim O'Charlotte native. He's fighting this weekend against Joaquin Buckley. He's the favorite. Put money on Impa and support and support uh, Charlotte Martial Arts. So Giga Jacasey's an underdog. He's going against Omar Morales, who's 10 and0. Giga's 10 and two. I don't know, man. He's six foot. So I guess five nine. Put my money on Giga. Yeah, I mean he's his striking is next level, and I don't know if this guy he's faced has the same striking credentials. So definitely put your money on that guy. Put your money on Giga. Giga. Um, hold on. Before I do, I really want to see if. I really want to see if uh, Thomas Amade is in this fight card. Yusuf Zalal, put your money on that guy. Tom Breeze back in the mix. Tracy Cortez, she's a Dana White Contender Series person. Chris uh, Dacus, he had a really good performance in his last fight. Definitely someone worth putting your money on. Chris, he's a favorite, though, so. No, he's not. He's an underdog. Oh, you can put your money on Chris Dacus. Okay, so Thomas Almeida versus Alejandro Perez in a featherweight bout. Um, Thomas Almeida coming back. Did he have a did he have a fight outside the octagon or outside the UFC? Outside the octagon. Let's see, hold on. No, he didn't. Damn. He hasn't fought since two thousand eighteen. Ooh. And then, oh. He's going to get cut because what's this guy's name? Um, this is a pretty shitty fight to give him because I'm pretty sure the guy he's fought, uh, the guy he's fighting has been fighting. Um, yeah, he lost the song Yadong. And Cody Staneman beat him. He's at least been in there. I know who it is. I I know the guy. He he decisioned Chris Watt or Chris or ugh, Eddie Wyland. He knocked out Matthew Lopez. I mean, it's not an easy fight to come back to, but it's definitely one of those where two and two. Okay, I get. Okay, I can I can see I can see what it is now. Tom Aspinall, put your money on that guy. Marcus Perez versus Dricus Dupilius. I don't really know that, but Marcus Perez is fun to watch. All right, Mar- uh, Ben Rothwell versus Marcin Tarbura. Um, ben Rothwell is scary. No, uh, he is coming off of a win to Ovinson Prue. So he... 
fought a light heavyweight and won his last fight. And Marcin Tabur is coming over for a decision of Maxim Christian. He's on a two-fight win streak. Probably looking to reinvent himself. Kind of same thing with Ben Rothwell coming off of a win. Um, I personally, I wouldn't be surprised if Marcin Tabura's the favorite just because of youth. Uh, as far as heavyweights go, yeah. Oh no, Bar- Ben Rothwell's the favorite, dude. Put your money on Marcin Tabura. No, why people wouldn't. I'm not. There's no MMA math here or anything. It's just. As far as, they're both, I would say, obviously Ben, ben Rothwell is more of the experience, but Marcin Tabur is like four years younger than he is. He's beaten the up-and-comers. He beat Stefan Struve, you know. He's lost to some good guys, but he's also beat most of the same guys that Ben Rothwell's beat. They're essentially the same fighter, the same level, and then Marcin's just a little bit younger. And he's very technical, too. And Ben Rothwell has trouble with technical fighters, like the ones that can stick and move. And, like, Junior DeSantos, he just went around and touched him. Stayed away from the awkwardness. Didn't even engage in the unorthodoxy. So, I would say put your money on Marcin. And finally, Edson Barbosa versus Makwan Amir Khani in the co-main event. Um, where is it? I want to see. Edson Barbosa is the favorite, obviously, because this is a short notice for him. But... Makwan's very good at that first round submission. And I mean, this is kind of one of those cards where it's an anything can happen kind of night. And if I had just 10 grand to blow, Makwan Khani is one of those guys where it's like, fuck it, man. He might be able to just submit Edson Barbosa right off the bat. He might just make it really, really weird, run past the kicking range, get real aggressive in the first round, don't even let Edson step foot on the front and dictate the dictate the fight. Just put him on the back foot immediately, get him down, and submit him. It's not a bad bet, especially because he's coming off of a win, kind of the same way that I was just saying, in a similar fashion, if you will. He went in there and submitted Dan Henry, Danny Henry, in the first round. So, obviously, he's coming off of, I mean, he's a submission machine. And if he can go in there and do exactly that, since been copied foreign submissions, it's not crazy. Um, trying to see what's going been a while, Tony Ferguson. Donald Cerrone. Yeah. So anyway. You can put your money on Mach 1. I mean, obviously, be smart with the underdogs that you want to go with. 
Mach 1's one of them. Giga's one of them. Giga's probably your, like, your best bet for an underdog. But that's all I got. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode today. Uh, I'll be back, obviously, after this weekend and after the fights to talk about those. And in my new house. I can't wait. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the fights this weekend. Hope you guys have a productive and good rest of your week. Until then, remember to check out SouthernScrapNation.com. New website coming out soon. Big things in the wings. And then for the rest of us, or for the rest of y'all, thank you so much for the for all the downs, downloads these past couple of months. I've seen a giant rise in downloads. Not a giant rise, but I've seen a rise. It's definitely apparent. Thank you so much. I'm obviously going to put more work into uh, twice a week, every week, and then the bonus content that I'll work around at some point and videos and stuff. So the more we get this to grow, like I said, the better it's getting. And, like, I mean, on my end, putting a new website out. So... Yeah, and I got a house for the fans. All right, that being said, once again, SunScrapNation.com, SunScrapNation, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, all your listening apps, SunScrapNation on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SunScrapNation, SunScrapNation.com. I've been your host, as always, Daniel Jonas. Thanks again. Stay safe. Until next time, peace.